Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. We're in a series. We just began it last week called Colors, and I created a special lesson for Mother's Day. So it's going to bless all the moms, and it's also going to bless every single one of us in this room. And we titled it Rainbow. So there's seven colors in the rainbow, but the rainbow is very iconic, and it's incredibly uh, important in the Bible, and it kind of represents every promise that God's made, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. Whenever I think of moms, I always think of my mom. Uh, My mom and dad had seven boys, and two of us were really bad. So uh, the first three were really good, and then I was number four, and I was bad, and then Michael was after me, and he was bad. Something about us middle guys, right? And then John and Pat were good kids, And so we got into all kind of trouble. We did all kind of things we shouldn't have done. I'll give you a quick example. My brother Mike, his freshman year, he went to John F. Kennedy High School in Warren. He was a 79 grad, but from Holland, because his freshman year, um, he had 52 detentions. And so they told my dad, well, let him come back his sophomore year, but one detention and he's out. Mike looked at my dad and said, I can't make it. And so he transferred to Howland, and he was blessed because he could wear jeans and a T-shirt, and I had to wear a uniform. So uh, I was a little upset about that. And then I did one thing after another. And you don't think about it as a kid. You don't think about the shame to the mom. You don't think about the hurt and the pain. But we caused my mom so much hurt and so much pain, and, and they had to wonder at times, where were we going to end up, right? But after I met Christ and Michael met Christ, I remember us talking to our mom and just saying, hey, what was it like? Because now, you know, Mike was just getting married and I wasn't, you know, hadn't met Gina yet, but it was like, what, what was it like? And she just said, you two were a challenge. And she said, uh, I just prayed a lot for you. And she, she was a good Catholic woman. She hadn't met Christ as her Savior yet, but she was a praying woman. And she said, I just thought the best, and I prayed for you. She didn't hardly know any scriptures. But isn't that just like a mom, guys? There's this connection with a mom where they are connected with their child. And I I didn't notice it as much with my mom until I was older, and then I noticed how connected I was with my mom. And I had a great dad, a great relationship with him, but there was just something special about a mom. And then I watched my two boys and my two daughters and their connection with their mom, and I'm watching now. My, my daughters, my daughter-in-law, and the connection they have with their kids. It's just absolutely, there's just something special there. And no one will believe the best for a child like a mom will believe the best for a child. It's an amazing thing. And, and I think we can all learn from that, us dads included. So today's about, I titled it Rainbow. But guys, it doesn't matter if we're a mom or not. It's for all of us. We're all going to walk out of here really excited about God and about his promises And I want to begin with the rainbow. You know, there came a time on the earth where God said, men are so evil, I'm going to flood the whole earth, and I'm going to kill the animals, I'm going to kill, everyone's going to die, I'm going to start out with, start over with Noah and his family. So the ark is built, and then all of a sudden, uh, the, you know, the rain's all gone, and they're on dry land, and they come out, and God approaches Noah, and he makes this promise to him. And here's, here's what he said in Genesis 9-11, yes, I am confirming my covenant with you. Never again will floodwaters kill all living creatures. Never again will a flood destroy the earth. That's the promise. And the covenant, guys, is a promise. That's what a covenant is. And typically it's sealed with something. 
Uh, Jesus made a covenant. It's called the new covenant, and he sealed it in his blood, right? The blood of the sinless son and lamb of God. Verse 12, then God said, I am giving you a sign of my covenant. That's a miraculous symbol with you uh, and with all living creatures for all generations to come. I have placed a rainbow in the clouds. It is the sign of my covenant with you. And so he placed this beautiful rainbow. I remember, I don't know, about 10 years ago, I was driving and I saw a double rainbow. I heard about double rainbows, but I saw my first double rainbow. And I stopped and I took a picture. And it's somewhere on the cloud. I just couldn't find it. You know, I upload them to the cloud. That's the terrible thing about files. You file something and you don't know where it's at. How do you, how do you find it, right? So I just took a picture of, of a rainbow. So here, here's a general picture of a rainbow. And they are beautiful, guys. But now we just read the origin. And... I love reading after brainiacs, and I use that term brainiac very affectionately. Um, there are brainiac theologians. I love to read what they say and see. And then there are brainiac scientists. And I was listening to some brainiac scientists, and, and they, they found this all in the Bible. It's in there, and then they shared some science with it. But they said, you know, before the flood, it had never rained. And you know the Bible says that? It had never rained. And everything on earth was watered by water beneath. I'm sure God just spoke a word and, and, and the water just came up because there's tons of water under the earth, right? It had never rained. These brainiacs brought some stuff out and they had science for it. Uh, they said the earth was like surrounded by a dome. And I'm very careful using the word dome because we're not flat, right? The earth isn't flat. When I think of dome, I think of a flat earth. We know that, right? Uh, uh, and, but but it just surrounded the earth, and that's what I mean. And, and, and they say it was mainly made of water, and that's why people lived so long. They said it captured the bad rays from the sun, and people lived longer. We were like living literally in a, in a bubble, right? And then the Bible says when the flood came, the first thing that happened is that all of that water up there fell. Can you imagine how crazy that was? And then it began to rain. It had never rained. So this is the first time... It's rained, and then God put this rainbow in the sky. And guys, when I see the rainbow, I don't necessarily think, oh, God's never going to destroy the earth with water. Uh, that's true. That's what it was there for. That's what it's to remind us of. But I look at it like all the promises of God. It's just like, man, guys, every time I see a rainbow, I think God's made so many promises, and those promises are so, so amazing. So I came up with a big idea for families and if, in case you're visiting, my big idea is what I want you to walk out of a lesson understanding more clearly than ever. Knowing that many of you know these things, I just want us to see it maybe from a higher level, a different perspective. And here's my big idea. God promised to save, protect, and bless our families. Did you know he promised to save, protect, and bless your families? So not just kids, grandma and grandpa, um, your siblings, um, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. There's promises in the Bible concerning our families, and I want us to see those today, and, and, and I want us to think about those. So um, a story comes to mind, and, and it has to do with the disciples. Jesus put them all in the boat, all 12 of them. He said, go to the other side, and they're on Lake, the Lake of Galilee, so they're, they're going to the other side. He goes up into the hills, and he's praying, and then the Bible says a storm hit, and it was so bad, these disciples, many of which were fishermen, they thought they were, the boat was going to sink, and they were very fearful. Then Jesus comes. Can you imagine? 
walking on the water. That's a miracle, right? And so at first they thought he was a ghost. And then, guys, Peter said, no, that's Jesus. And he said, Jesus, bid me to come. And it depends what translation you read. The one I was reading, Jesus said two words. He said, yes, come. Isn't that crazy? Peter climbs out of the boat. Remember, there's a storm. There's winds. There's waves. It's crazy. If you've ever been on the water with high waves, it's a crazy thing. And then rain on top of that. He gets out over the boat, and he walks on the water towards Jesus. And Rich Wilkerson said this, and I, I really like this. He said, the water was liquid, but God's word was solid. Guys, that's how all the promises of God are. You know, uh, sometimes we are in the midst of a storm. We're in the midst of crazy waters, but we have to remember there are promises in heaven that we can hold on to, and we're going to do that. And I really believe moms do that naturally. Moms are amazing. And I'll show you a quick story about moms. It has to do with Mary, who gave birth to Jesus, right? And Jesus is in the manger. He's just been born. There's these shepherds in the field, and angels appear to them, and, and, and they begin to sing. And guys, these are like 12, 15-footers. Uh, the glory of God's on them. They're real bright. You know, you know who they are, and it's kind of crazy in itself. And, and then they told them the Messiah was born. He's the one spoken of in all the scriptures, and, and he is now born, and he's sitting in a manger. And so they go to find him, and they find him. And here's what the Bible says, Luke 2.16. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. Verse 17. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. He's the son of God. He's going to save the world. He's the one the scripture spoke of. He's going to rule in Israel over the whole, all the nations. And they don't know what's first, what's second, but they're like, whoa. Verse 19, here's a mama. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. And that's what moms do. They, they, they take the promises of God. They put them into their heart. They pray them. They think about them. And I want to encourage all of us to do that. And I want to encourage all of us now, moms and dads, all of us that have kids concerning our children. And there are some of you in here, uh, and, and, and I've pastored believers. In August, it would be 40 years. So I have helped a lot of families walk through disappointment with their kids. But then I've watched a lot of kids' prodigals come back. And so when you're in one place for 40 years, you see a lot. You see God do what God's promised he would do. And that's why I like to encourage people. Um, but listen to this scripture, Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he grows older, he will not abandon it. And I love this scripture. So can we talk about it a minute? Um, all it's saying is, man, there's some of you out there, many of you, you brought your kids to church. Um, you taught them about God. You made sure they read the Bible. You told them stories about Jesus, right? You, you just raised them in God. You taught them all about God. And isn't it disappointing when you did that and then you read the scripture and you're like, God, they walked away. Well, this scripture isn't saying they won't sow their wild oats. I just Most young people sow their wild oats. But here's what I've watched, guys. If you raise them in God, you have a promise from heaven. They will not depart from it. They'll come back. And so as a family, as a mom, as a dad, as a mom, uh, I want to encourage you to hold on to this promise and bring it to God in prayer and say, God, I thank you. I trained them up in the Lord. I raised them the way I should. 
And I thank you that they're coming back. You know what else as I speak? There's many of you, you were the prodigals that mom and dad brought to church, and you're back now, and you have come to follow God. So that's just a promise I want all of us to hold on to that have raised our kids in God. And then I have my third one I want to show you in just a moment. It's like, what if my kids don't follow God? What if, what if they don't know God? We'll, we'll show you. But here's another one I thought was so interesting. It's in the book of Psalms. And, you know, the book of Psalms and Proverbs, if you have a Catholic Bible, they don't call it Proverbs. They call it wisdom. I kind of think that's a more cool name. But um, it, it, it's the book of wisdom. And, and you know what? Proverbs is full of wisdom. So I think they nailed it on that name. And because and, uh, uh, many of us are like, what's a proverb, right? But, but the, it's an incredible book. It's the same in the Catholic Bible, the Protestant Bible, right? And so when you look at Proverbs, you look at Psalms, um, it's principles. And we can hold on to these principles. And I've noticed the Bible says that every promise in the Bible is yes and amen if you've accepted Christ for you as a Christian. So I hold on to all kinds. But this is one, guys, that God promised if you follow him with a vengeance or your, your children follow him with their whole heart or your parents follow him with their whole heart, uh, that he'll bless the whole family. Take a look at this, Psalm 112, verse 1. Shout praises to the Lord. The Lord blesses everyone who worships him and gladly obeys his teaching. So that's just like God's going to bless you. Now, you know what this didn't say? You won't have any problems. Guys, there is a difference between problems and, and blessings. Uh, while we're going through the storms of life, God can bless us. And I've watched him do it in my life. I've watched him do it in other people's life. So I'm not saying you won't have any problems, but it says God's hand and God's blessings will be on your life. But it goes further. Listen to verse 2. Their descendants or children will have great power in the land because the Lord blesses all who do right. And I love this. So, man, this could be back then, the, the promised land, but it's for now. The NIV Bible says they'll be mighty in the land. And the Living Bible says they'll be honored everywhere. I like those. And so if you follow God with a vengeance, and my mom and dad, even though they didn't meet Christ till later in life, my mom and dad really believed in God. They honored God. And I really believe a lot of the blessings that I'm walking in, because they followed the principles of God too, and they raised us in those godly principles. I really believe a lot of my blessings, my wife's blessings, Gina, I believe they're a result of our parents. So I just want to encourage you, and you follow God. God says, I'll put my hand a blessing on your kids. I'll get your kids. But it's the third one that I'm really after, guys. And what if your children aren't serving God? What if they don't know God? What if your mate doesn't love Jesus? She's not following Jesus, right? Um, what, what if your parents aren't following Jesus, your grandparents? Um, what if your grandchildren, your children aren't following Jesus? Uh, guys, I take it to my cousins, what I'm about to tell you. I take it to my aunts and uncles, and I really believe the Bible's giving me that freedom. So I want to talk to you about that for a moment, and I want to show you where it happened. It's an amazing place in the Bible where this happened. Paul and Silas were preaching Christ, and they were taken and beaten. I mean, guys, they had open sores. They were beaten like crazy. And then they were thrown into, the Bible says, the inner prison, and Historians tell us this was the center of the prison, kind of in the basement, and they say it's where the sewer waters came through, rodents were crawling around. The Bible says they chained them in there. So they're in there a couple hours, and midnight comes, and the Bible says they began to sing praises to God. Isn't that crazy? Probably not what I would have done instinctively. And so they're singing praises to God, worshiping God. So they're singing some of the Psalms, whatever else they're singing. Thank you, Jesus. You saved my soul. Thank you, Jesus. 
we love you. Thank you for dying on the cross for us. Whatever they're singing, they're singing their songs, right? The Bible says all the prisoners heard them. Everybody heard them. Then the Bible says, uh, that means the jailer, the guy running the jail heard them too. The Bible says everything began to shake. And we know it wasn't just an earthquake because guys, all their chains, the Bible says, came loose, every chain. And then Paul and Silas are standing up like they're like, whoa, we're free. And the jailer sees it and freaks out because he's responsible for them. But something else happened to him too. Listen to Acts 16, 29. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? He's saying, how do I go to heaven? How can I make sure that when I die, I am saved, I go to heaven. That's an incredible promise. And I like what they said, or question, I should say. I like what they said, verse 31. They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. So we know we don't enter heaven because of our works. We, we are blessed for living and doing good works, but we go to heaven because we believed and Jesus took our punishment and our sins. That's something to be excited about, right? But here's what he went on to see. Say, you see what I highlighted, along with everyone in your household. That's the promise I've held on to, and I've watched God do amazing things. Everyone in your household. And back in Bible days, households were big. And I just consider a household just not my mate and my kids. I, again, I take it to grandma and grandpa. In Bible days, they would have done that. And, and guys, listen to what happened, man, as we read on verse 33 or verse 32. And they shared the word of the Lord with him, and with all who lived in his household. And in verse 33, even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. That's pretty cool. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. So I think God did another miracle here. And any of us that have family, I remember when I first accepted Christ, I talked to my parents and they'd say, don't talk to me about that Jesus stuff, right? My brothers, don't talk to me about that Jesus stuff. And nobody wanted to hear about Jesus. My grandmas are like, are you kidding? Don't talk to me about that Jesus stuff. Nobody wanted to hear about Jesus. And then you read this and it's like, immediately, whoa, I, I think God did a miracle because he wanted all of us to know he made a promise and he wanted us to see that he will save our whole household. He, want, he wanted it recorded so guys like me could use it in a message and say he can save a whole household. But I don't want you to be unaware that some people take time, right? I think that's why some people live really long. I think uh, God made a promise to you and some of your relatives. You think they have good genetics. No, God's just making them hang on till their hearts open and they accept Jesus, guys. He's made a promise to you and your household. It's a big promise. And let me tell you something. I hear the backstories all the time. Some of you are thinking, I wasn't there in time to pray with them. They died. Did anybody pray with them? Guys, I've watched it. I talked to nurses in the church, doctors in the church. Guys, I'm telling you, there was either a nurse that walked in there, a doctor that walked in there, that person in the bed next to them. Somebody was visiting that person and walked over, and just before your relative died, they probably shared Christ. Or God sent an angel. He does that too and preached Christ to them. Or they just prayed because you told them so much, and they knew, oh, the time's close. Uh, I'm going to accept Christ. Some people are stubborn, right? That's okay. That's okay. Um, that happens in everybody's family. But I want to encourage you to hold on to that promise. I got to thinking after first service, um, I didn't share this in first service, but I got to thinking about it. 
And, and it just, I thought, wow, I always thought it was me, but it wasn't me. Guys, listen to this, listen to this. Um, I had a brother that died when I was 18, uh, and he was right almost 21. And, and uh, Dave had grand mal epilepsy, and, and he went to a picnic, he got in the water, had a seizure, nobody saw him, and he died. And it devastated our family, all of us. We were so devastated. And uh, we went through the funeral. None of us knew anything we didn't know what it meant to accept Christ. We didn't know anything about anything. We were hopeless. Mom and dad, they cried. And not just the normal one, it was a hopeless cry. We all just, like, we'll never see Dave again. It was very hopeless. And uh, really impacted our family. And then I met Christ a year later. And I know there was a church, Pleasant Valley Church, I, I found out from Len Evans, who pastored at that time. They prayed for us every Sunday because it was their picnic where my brother died, right? So they were praying for me. But then later, I don't know, it was about a year after I accepted Christ, so I'm probably 20 years old, and I ran into a girl I went to high school with, and that girl, you know, said, hey, you know, I was there when your brother Dave accepted Christ. She said, I was in the room. And somebody got to him, and, and there was a bunch of Christians from PV, they told him about Christ, and he accepted Christ before he died. And I thought, Dave, I was Dave's household, you know? And, uh, and God made sure Dave's whole household, and all of us have come to Christ, guys. It's amazing. Everyone in our immediate family has accepted Christ. And God has made that promise. And we've watched grandparents come in. It's amazing. Some of our grandparents have been very stubborn, just very stubborn people. But every one of them prayed and accepted Christ before that day, guys. And so my siblings, your siblings, our parents, our kids, the Bible says, in your household. And I want us to walk out of here today holding on to that promise like a mom would, right? Moms hold on to promise. Taking those promises to God and saying, God, I trained up my child in the way they should go, and I thank you for this promise and Lord, I thank you that they shall not depart from it and they're going to come back. God, I thank you because we serve you with all of our hearts. I'm a single mom. I serve you with all my heart. I thank you that my kids are going to be blessed. And Lord, I thank you that my family's going to come to know Christ. Guys, I don't know about you, but I get excited when I talk about these promises. Can we just take a moment and say thank you, God, for these incredible promises? They're so amazing. They're so amazing. Billy Graham course, he's in heaven now, but he made a statement that I think is so powerful, and, and I want to make sure this doesn't happen in my life. He said, heaven is full of answers to prayer for which no one ever bothered to ask. And I don't want to be one of those people that never bothered to ask, so I want to encourage us, let's be like a mama, right? Let's take all the promises, the ones we talked about today, other promises in the Bible. Prayer is so powerful. Let's lift those things up in prayer Let's take them right before God and say, God, I thank you for this promise. And I thank you that everyone in my household is going to come to know Christ. I thank you, Lord God, that my kids are going to follow you. I thank you, Lord God, that my kids are going to know you. And I don't know about you, but that makes me smile. And guys, I've been a Christian now for way over 40 years. And I've watched, I go, I go to cousins. I don't, I take this promise all the way to cousins. I go, God, I want to hang out with my cousins in heaven. And uh, some of them are stubborn guys, right, and, and girls. But I just keep praying for them, and guys keep bringing up for God, and I watch them. God's knocking them down like boom, 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 a little bit at a time. And I just know they're not leaving this earth. Some of them might be 105. They're not going to leave this earth 
till, till they accept Jesus. I think we need to be that tenacious like a mama with all the promises of God. So I want to pray some special prayers today in just a moment. We're going to make an opportunity in just a moment. We, we kept a worship song for the end. So we're going to make an opportunity for moms to come up if they want prayer. And, and, and we're all going to get to finish with this song. But before we do that, can we all just take a moment, bow our heads, close our eyes? Maybe you're listening today to my voice, and you just read, you heard about the jailer, you know. Jesus died so we can live. God put the punishment for our sins on Jesus. They beat him. He hung on the cross. He died. He was buried. Spent three days, three nights in the heart of the earth. And the Bible says, whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. So listen very carefully. I'm not asking you if you grew up in church. I'm not asking you if you're a member of a church. I'm not asking you if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult, all good things. But we go to heaven because we accept Christ. And we have that moment where we say, we realize you're the only way to heaven. The light came in my life. It came in my parents' life when they, they did that, that moment. And I can't force that, but I really believe in a weekend like this. Can you imagine Mother's Day weekend? God is doing something special. He's given the greatest gift out to some people right now. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're listening, you say, I believe that. I'm ready to pray. I'd like for you to pray with me right now. The rest of us, can we help them pray? Guys, if you're praying it for the first time, simply mean it. Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a Savior. I repent of all my sins and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God who came to save this world. I accept you as my Savior. I declare your Lord. Thank you for saving my soul and give me a grace to follow you. Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at Believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.